welcome back to Jake's World, episode 28 of Jake's World. Episode 28, I'm your host, Jake Suwinski, and today is Monday, August 10th, 2020. A lot to talk about on today's show, a little bit of sports action on the front end, and a little bit of some Twitter stuff to wrap it up, but... Huge, huge, huge sports weekend. My Blackhawks, as I boldly predicted last week, upset the Edmonton Oilers in four games. Huge performance out of, you know, the stud hitters on the Blackhawks. Jonathan Taves had a good series. Kaner was, Patrick Kane was a little quiet. Um, Duncan Keith played some great defense. Uh, new guy, Kubalik, had a great series, and... Crawford going up against that offense. I mean, he really only had, well, he wasn't fantastic with the goals allowed, but he's like 43, 49 saves game four. Chicago held on to win four to three, and now they play the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, I'm going to transition into something here, but it's pretty crazy to see Two of the heavy favorite teams lose. I mean, Edmonton was one of the best seeds in the West. They missed the play-in by a couple of points. The overall standings where the season ended or was postponed. And then Pittsburgh lost on the east side. They were upset by the Montreal Canadiens in four games as well, I think. And, I mean, otherwise, the round robin was pretty... Pretty okay. Those a lot of those teams looked a little slow out of the gates. Um, the Coyotes beat the Predators. I'm trying to think of some other upsets off the top of my head. Otherwise, I mean, if you're look going across the board, the teams that did win should have won, with the exception of Edmonton or with the exception of Chicago, Montreal, and Arizona. But um, just looking at the way. The NHL and the NBA have been implementing their bubble. It's been very successful, no cases. I think I saw a stat on Twitter today that the NHL has conducted 18,000-something tests so far, zero positive returns. That's great news. The NBA has had, uh, it's been like a two-week stretch with no cases. I don't think they've had any cases since they've gotten to the bubble I mean they've had some issues with you know players not necessarily following the rules and having to leave but when it comes to an actual positive test I don't know if there have been if there have been it's been a small handful of positive cases inside of Orlando so that's really good but it takes me to this point where it's like I'm not sure if it's just kind of the circumstances and the way that the respective leagues drew up their formatting to make this playoff happen, I mean, with Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals, it seems like the product has just been just as good or just as entertaining, if not more so. Right now, I don't know if this is a way or if this is in thanks to the way that the leagues and the players association kind of work together to get this format in place like are we seeing i mean especially on the hockey side a lot of crazy series right 
and the plays have been really good across the board. I mean, round robins, like I said, were a little slow, but like the play-in format's been really interesting. And even on the bubble, too, the NBA bubble, you got some teams that like were written off when this whole thing started, like really playing well. Like the Suns are 6-0. and Devin Booker's playing out of his mind. They haven't lost. And they're knocking on the door to be in that eight seed in once the regular playoffs start. Damian Lillard's going off. That's pretty typical. He's a really good player, and it's just he plays in the Western Conference, really deep in the point guard position. He's arguably the best point guard over there right now. Russell Westbrook, probably the most athletic player for his size in the league, not counting LeBron, of course, but for a guard, probably Russell Westbrook, most athletic rim player for his position. Steph Curry's not in the bubble. Best shooter around. Kyrie Irving's not playing. Um, John Wall's a stud, but I mean, Dame Dollar Dame is really like, what am I trying to say here? He doesn't get the accolades that he deserves, like being voted to all-star teams or you know, all-NBA accolades because of the conference he plays in. I mean, Kyrie Irving and John Wall and those other guys play in the East, but Damian Lillard, he's been a top-caliber player for a long time, and it's really good to see him kind of shine throughout all this. And the Trailblazers are a couple, or a game and a half, or a game out of making that eight seed, that eight spot as well. T.J. Warren for the Pacers has been the like all-around best player, I feel like, in this entire bubble so far. Right? Um, kind of came out of nowhere, too. Like I haven't even heard of him until... I don't really watch the NBA. I've said this a ton, but with nothing else really going on, it's been nice to actually watch some basketball. And this kind of takes me to my next point about the whole bubble scenario, too. I feel like having no fans in the mix has made it much easier for these um, what you'd call a typical role player or a guy you don't really hear about, you know, puts up average numbers, lower end of minutes. These guys don't have the normal pressures of playing inside a regular arena anymore. They just get to go play. And I think that's the biggest hurdle for NBA role players, average NBA players, transitioning into a superstar player. It's not talent. Everybody in the league's talented. Some guys are extraordinarily talented, and that's an argument of itself. But there are a lot of factors inside of the game when you're playing in front of a stadium full of people, 20,000 people in an NBA arena. It's loud. You have fans talking to you and screaming things at you that we don't get to hear by watching on TV. That's all muted out or there's a tape delay or whatever. We don't get to hear all those things that go on. And like the Utah Jazz fans are notorious bad fans. Russell Westbrook got into uh, like a family because some got into it with some family in Utah because like those the kid said something to him. And that those pressures go away when it's just inside bubble no one's watching I mean you have you know coaching staff and like 
facility staff there or whatever. But all in all, that's really it. There's not a ton else going on. And I think Jalen Brown, the Celtics, said sometimes it's nice to get a release from basketball, right? You, Some guys are like that. Some guys can eat, sleep, and breathe the game they play. And other people need to step away from it and not think about it. Like when I pitched in college, I didn't think about the game before the game. I thought about it once I started warming up. And even then, it wasn't like, oh, this is what I got to do today. This is what I got to do today. It was more of just not thinking. There's a calm and a relaxation when it comes to not thinking of what you need to do or you know, playing out every scenario or every conceivable possibility in your head. It's nice to just not think about it. And they can't get away from that because there's no extracurriculars really going on inside the bubble. So, like I said, I'm not sure if it's, you know, thanks to us not having sports for so long, it feels much better for them to be back on. We're grateful for them to be back on, so it seems much more exciting. Or if the product is actually much better than we expected right now. Because like I said, a lot of teams are playing well that shouldn't have been playing well. I mean, the Canadians, the Blackhawks were virtually no chance of winning. I'd be very surprised to see what the lines were for a series win, betting-wise, because, I mean, especially Chicago. Chicago was bad for most of the season. They were playing a little better before the halt, but like I said, I'm just glad sports are back. Take it for what you will. That's just my little spin on it, I guess. I mean, I think the product's been much better, but that could just be, you know, that I'm finally able to watch something again. I'll switch into baseball. Houston Astros shame tour continues. I mean, they've been pretty poor ever since coming out of the gates. And, I mean, they've been in right in the middle of all the controversy of, you know, having to face retaliation for their cheating scandal three years ago. And um, <laughs> talked about Joe Kelly. And over the weekend, they were playing a series out in Oakland. Where they were playing the, I think it was in Oakland. Um, one of the players on the A's, I've never heard of this guy before. I mean, I don't really pay attention to AOS baseball for the most part it's not good baseball but they there's a big brawl on there and that happened I think it was yesterday big fight uh the, the A's player said he the guy he was jawing at said something about his mom and it's like it's just fucking classic Astros and I'm curious to see when the league's gonna step in and be like okay this is enough because I mean you could I mean you could throw at those Astro players all you want. You can, you know, keep talking about how you're pissed off that the league didn't do anything about it. Because, I mean, they didn't really have any suspensions. Altuve won the MVP that year, much in part to that cheating they did. Um, but, I mean, eventually it's going to get to the point where it's like, is it that big of a deal anymore? I mean, I feel like when you're constantly throwing at guys, and if you're hitting them, throwing at them is one thing. If you, you know, waste a 3-0 pitch, you throw it at 
throw him behind his back or something, he'd probably be on base anyways. But you're putting these guys on base, and eventually it's going to get to the point where you're going to hurt yourself because you don't want to lose, right? If you're putting an extra runner or two on, you know, two times a game, that's four extra base runners and four extra opportunities for you to score. I mean, it's good, it feels good to take out your frustrations on everything that's, you know, that happened in regards to that whole World Series situation and the way the front office handled it. But eventually, you got to win, too. And I mean, they're not even playing well. So, like, why are you giving them a chance to string something together? I mean, um, Bregman, Altuve, and Springer, I think those were the three. They're all hitting under 200. They're not playing well. And cheating or not, those guys are all very, very capable baseball players, right? All it takes is, you know, one weekend to get hot. It takes one at bat sometimes for things to click. It's how it works. It's based how baseball is. It's a hot and cold game. And you could be doing everything right for a week and you stop working on something and then it all falls apart. Then you get back to the basics and then you string something together. You get dumb luck and then all of a sudden you're batting 300. So I feel like the shame tour stuff's funny. The memes on the internet are funny. It's funny to see those guys rattled up there sometimes, but it's like, it, I don't know, you got to get over it eventually. The league's not going to do anything if they haven't already. But I see I see the frustration, too. I mean, you see it in other sports, right, where, especially college, just because they're technically amateurs, you see the NCAA vacate tournament wins or Heisman winners. Like, I talked about, Reggie Bush getting his Heisman taken away from USC. He wasn't. He earned that. It's not like he was juicing or something. It was a recruiting violation. He was still the best player in the country that year. It's the same thing with Rick Pitino. I mean, he had the whole recruiting violations, sending prospects to or having escorts or strippers come to parties. Yeah, it was wrong. And it definitely against the rules. Probably broke a lot of rules, but that year Louisville still won the title. Like no one else did. Their recruiting violations, yeah, maybe they stacked a better team. But in college basketball, how often does the best team win? Look at last year. Duke was the slam dunk favorite to win the entire tournament, and they should have. They didn't even make it to the Final Four. And they have nothing to show for it. They're all gone. They're all in the NBA. I don't know. I just feel like you got to get over it eventually. Continuing with the MLB stuff, Marcus Stroman, pitcher of the Mets, New York Mets, he opted out due to coronavirus things, I believe. But this situation was really unique because he's going to be a free agent next year. And he was able to... I think he was on the injured list formerly the disabled list and he kind of opted out for the rest of the season whether it was health concerns for himself or with everything else going on he's managed to get paid for the entire season and not have to pitch for the New York Mets which is an absolute dumpster fire and the Mets have been really bad for a few years now I mean they had that New York, or they had the World Series run in 2015. They swept the Cubs in the CS. I was very angry. 
Lost to the Royals in five games, I believe. I mean, they're a good club that year, but that success never carried over. It was almost, it seemed like a one-and-done kind of thing. I mean, they might have made the playoffs the year after, been contenders. I don't remember off the top of my head. But you've got the best pitcher in baseball, arguably, in Jacob deGrom. Um, Syndergaard's got great stuff. He's always hopping off the injured list. You don't have any bats anymore. And it's like, why would you want to play for a team like that? I mean, look at... It's the same thing with building a football team, essentially, right? You have a quarterback, and you fail to have an offensive line. You have a great offense, and you can't play any bit of defense whatsoever. You have star-studded players that don't play great team defense. The Mets are like a perfect example of that. You've got one of the better rotations in the league, just on paper, and they don't have any legitimate offensive threats. Jacob DeGrom won the Cy Young in 2018. I think he won it in 2019 as well. But the year before, he had nine wins or ten wins. And now wins are kind of a lost stat in Major League Baseball just because it's such a team-dependent game. Like, you could go up there and give up one run in eight innings and take a loss. I mean, you don't need the wins. I mean, it's part of the pitching triple crown, but, like, wins are, it's kind of an irrelevant statistic to me just because if you crunch the numbers based on DeGrom's season in 2018, he would have had 30 wins if the Mets scored four runs in every game he pitched in. He would have been, like, 30-2 and two or something stupid like that. If it was three runs, it would have been, like, 27 I don't remember the exact statistics because I just kind of thought of this when I'm moving to off the top of my head. He had 10, and his ERA was sub-2. Like, that's absurd. But that's classic, not even Mets, New York sports. New York is an irrelevant sports town. I know you have the New York Yankees, but what have they done in the last 10 years? Pay guys a lot of money because of no salary cap. Stack up all the big names and choke in the playoffs. The the other, the next best team in the last 10 years, New York Giants. They've been a laughing stock the last 10 years. I mean, you have the Patriot killer, Eli Manning. No, not a ton, large part to him. They had a good roster. But what have they done since then? Tom Coughlin was bad his last six years there. Ben McAdoo was terrible. He made it one season. They won two games. Last year they were better. Let's see what this year brings. I mean, you have Saquon Barkley. He's a stud. Daniel Jones will be okay in two or three years. He's not going to... I don't think his upside's tremendous. He's not going to be a superstar. He'll be solid, though. But it's like... New York is regarded as like this huge sports town, right? And I feel like that's just partly because of there's two, four, five, six, seven. You have seven teams there in the greater New York area. I mean, the Nets are a 
going to be good soon once Kevin Durant and all those guys are healthy. Kyrie Irving, um, DeAndre Jordan, once all those guys are healthy, the Knicks are going to be the best, the second best team in town. The Yankees are good. They're just chokers. And the Rangers are the last team in the, the city to win a title of any kind. That was 10 years ago. I, was, I think that was 2011 or 2013 or something like that. The New York the hockey team. So, I mean, and then look at the Knicks. James Dolan is arguably the worst owner in all of professional sports. It's like, I'm so sick of hearing about New York all the time. I know it's the biggest market around, but it's like, Jesus, enough in New York. Let's see him win something for once, huh? So, good for Strowman, though. I would, I mean, I can't say I would run away from New York because I would love to play in New York because I don't play professional baseball or professional anything. But if I was a pro and I had the choice, I'd pay. I'd play for the Yankees. <laughs> I would not play for the Mets. The Mets are one of the most. They're a joke. They're a joke. And I did see that like A Rod was part of a group that was trying to buy the team. It'd be good to see a smart business person or sports mind run the team. And that's a lot of the problem in professional sports too they're not worried about the team they're worried about their bottom line they're business people but they're just worried about lying in their own pockets not necessarily making the team as uh, competitive as it can be okay on to the lighter stuff I suppose and it's not that stuff was that dark it's just we talk about sports a lot so checking twitter on my lunch break today and the rest of the show is going to be a little bit of a Twitter segment here. So, August 14th is a big, special day for Twitter because Nickelback is back. Nickelback released or tweeted out a date for a release of their new album, and that's coming on August 14th. Uh, I didn't read the name of the album or what it's called or what it's going to what it consists of. I mean, it's not like hip-hop music or rap music where they, you know, drop a single and you get, like, a little sample of what they're about to release. Nickelback's been irrelevant for a really long time. But this got me thinking the other day. When did Nickelback become so hateable? They're kind of the joke of alternative rock music, right? Because, I mean, when I was in grade school or even like through middle school Nickelback was one of those radio bands that just played like radio friendly regurgitated songs that it's perfect for radio there's no cussing in it you know there's no vulgarity in the lyrics (laughs) talk about vulgarity in the lyrics wait till next segment um it's just radio friendly you know every song's three to four minutes it's just it's like a pop rock sound it's not good it's not good by any means but it's like when did that transition from being like a catchy song rock band turn into like being a joke right so everyone makes Nickelback jokes oh I wish I could get my Nickelback for that something stupid like that right Twitter's dumb but I gotta take here everyone who says that or outwardly portrays you know Nickelback being this piece of shit band I mean they're not wrong but 
everyone who makes jokes about them has liked them at one time. I stand by that. When you were when I was 10 years old, they weren't that bad because you didn't really care. It was what was on the radio. It was catchy. And you could sing along to it. I don't know when that switch happened. And perhaps I should do some digging to find out when they went from radio rock pop garbage to hateable and criticized radio rock pop garbage. Everyone liked Nickelback at some time in their life. I'm standing by that. <laughs> Speaking of music, this is going to be the last segment. Um, ben Shapiro. Oh, God, Ben. This was dumb. Okay. So, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion dropped a new song about wet-ass pussy. Now... Before I uh, talked about this segment, I pulled up the song and listened to it. And let me tell you, it is not good. I'm not into that kind of music. I mean, I'm not hating it for the reasons he's talking about hating it. I mean, he's a conservative talk on Twitter, right? He's got his own podcast or radio show called The Daily Wire. He's an author. He's, he's a pretty conservative guy, right? But I figured, oh, it's just him being, you know, a tightwad. Oh, you know, music shouldn't be like that or whatever, right? And uh, I'm like, it can't, it can't be that bad. So I listened to it. It's called WAP. Yeah. Or, I don't know if it's WAP, WAP, whatever. Wet-ass pussy. It's bad. It's not good. Even for, you know, pop songs that I feel like girls like more, it's not good. And maybe I'm way out of whack and maybe everyone likes this song. It's on the top of the charts, like top 10 song right now, but... I mean, I like a lot of music. I don't like country music. That's just preference. I'm not shitting on it. The song's not good. It's not. But people like it. I mean, talk about getting dick and <laughs> whatever. I mean, that's where we're at today, right? But anyways, that's he didn't get roasted for hating it. I've, I'm going to pull up the, his tweet himself, what he said. Um, he tweets a fucking lot, and it's it's gonna take me a little bit to dig this out. Um, uh, yeah, I think he was complaining about the censor censorship of the lyrics, but um, I mean, I don't blame him for being like, "Hey, this song is really bad," because it is not good. I mean, musically speaking, it's it's terrible. But if it's empowering, whatever, I'm not poop pooing that. It's just it's just not good. But Jesus fuck, this guy tweets a lot. Next time I look for a tweet, I'm just going to pause it because this is ridiculous. Um, then this fucking guy quote tweets all the time. Like, bro, your haters don't answer you. Just 
You live in a world where everyone lives in their echo chamber. You just can't fucking say anything. Just ignore them. God damn it. Well, after some digging, I think that fucking rat deleted it. What the fuck? You stand by your tweets unless there's a typo in it and you catch it right away. If you send it, you send it. Like, what are people going to do? Get mad at you for that? I'd see, like, the same tweet from ten different accounts three times a day because everyone likes a tweet and you see it. But anyways, I guess his wife's a doctor. And um, I found a pretty good summation of it. Um, Some guy named Joshua Holland tweeted, Ben Shapiro sharing with the world that his wife, a doctor, told him that wet pussy is a symptom of a gynecological... Giant... Jesus, Jake. Gynecological problem... Is the greatest cell phone in the history of cell phones. It will never be surpassed. Other people can stop owning themselves because there's really no point. He went on this thing, like he quote tweeted the song or whatever, and he's like, yeah, my wife told me that it's like a possibility of three different things, like endometriosis or bacterial vaginals. I don't know why I'm talking about vaginas, but it's like, (laughs) bro, Stick to spa, stick to politics. Why are you owning yourself about how you don't satisfy your wife? Like, come on, dude. And I don't even think he was. I th- like I said, I think he was talking about the vulgarity of the song. Which I mean, it's there's a lot of songs out there that talk about this stuff. Like Kanye's out there. Um, I mean, I just remember his lyrics being pretty explicit. Eminem's out there. There's a ton of artists who do those kind of things. But I think, like I said, it's a mix of... um, Shit, I lost my train of thought. It's a mix of like the vulgarity in music and what we're trending to as a sense of, you know, your conservative values of how people should behave especially women like I feel like in conservative circles like in the media not in general being sexually explicit is still taboo and I'm not saying that's wrong I'm just saying the song sucked I'll side with him on that the song is garbage but hey that's where we're going so that's enough pussy talk for today. Um, that concludes episode 28 of Jake's World. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at jakeswinski8 at J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I. Thank God I can mark these podcasts as explicit. And uh, this one was fun. I had fun doing this episode just because um, it wasn't all one thing. And I like swearing sometimes. It's funny. Um, had a buddy reach out to me too, saying, uh, start listening to the pod, start listening to the show. Um, wasn't expecting much, but I'm actually thoroughly surprised. So thank you. I appreciate that. Things like that give you the confidence to go forward sometimes. I mean, even if he was like, yeah, it's terrible. I'm not listening to it. I'd probably be like, okay, don't listen to it just cause that's how I am. That's how I portray myself. But, I mean, deep down you doubt yourself sometimes, especially if you're not getting to the places you want to be right away. 
and you just got to keep pushing through that keep trying to bust through that wall so i appreciate the support i'm trying to improve as i go and um mentioned this last show please rate and review for sure subscribe of course but rating and reviewing the show on apple podcasts will help it grow as well um their algorithms helps it pop out a little more i guess i'm not sure the exact science on it and i probably should look into that but thanks for listening and i'll talk to you guys next show peace oh jesus i'm a jackass um NCAA is not looking good either. Um, I know Thursday might be a little too late to talk about that, but I want to address it when I have an answer to everything going on. Like uh, Big Ten's kind of iffy, not looking good, leaning toward no. Um, Like Mac canceled. I think the Mountain West canceled. A bunch of conferences canceled. The Power Five ones are still thinking about it. I know the SEC, ACC have plans of conducting the season. Um, Trevor Lawrence and a few other big-name college athletes have their opinions on it, and I'd like to dedicate a larger part of the show to that. So hopefully this week's a little bit slow, and I'll talk a little bit more about the college football season on Thursday. All right, for real this time now.